Talking Like Nobody's Listening podcast. And uh, it's been about two months since I uh, released an episode. And uh, so, sorry about that, but I'm back. And this episode, I'm talking with Jacob Mark, who is a certified Wim Hof Method instructor. And so we're going to discuss what the Wim Hof Method is. Uh, It's something that I've been doing off and on for about four years, but really the last, uh, I would say, couple of months I've been, actually maybe since January, really going uh, consistently with it. And uh, it's been a pretty good experience for me. So um, we're going to, uh, towards the end, lead a breathing session, so uh, just follow the instructions, uh, make sure you're safe, uh, you're seated or lying down, and if you do feel the need to breathe before you're instructed, then just fucking do it. <laughs> um, so uh, again, it's Jacob Mark. You can check out his website. It's Jacob Mark. That's M-A-R-K dot com. And uh, there's a couple of interruptions by the official podcast mascot, Kiwi, my dog. Um, but uh, it's all good. So enjoy. And uh, as Wim Hof likes to say, just breathe, motherfucker. Good morning, Jacob. Yeah, good morning, Michael. Not Jordan. No, not Jordan. <laughs> Welcome. Uh, thanks for coming all the way out here to yeah to do uh, this with me. And uh, this is one I've actually been looking forward to uh, talking about. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Wim Hof and his method and yeah. your experience and uh, uh, I guess how you came to. You're a certified uh, leader or instructor for yep. Wim Hof Method. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, why don't we start, uh, I guess, talk a little bit uh, about what Wim Hof Method is. Yeah, sure. And, uh, and I can share, because I've been doing it uh, off and on for about four or five years. I haven't been consistent <laughs> until recently. Um, but... Uh, I'll interject yeah. when... <laughs> sure. Okay, cool. Yeah, well, first off, obviously, thanks for having me on. Um, so, yeah, the Wim Hof Method. Well, it's hard to... It's it's like a very kind of abstract thing. It really just includes breathing, cold exposure, and mindset training, which, when you think about those three things, like, they're all fairly independent. But when you put them together, and especially the way Wim has, uh, they really create a powerful method. Um, and it's just a way to be naturally healthy, happy, and strong is what he says. And that's mm-hmm. really what it does. And I've seen that among so many people, like the anecdotal evidence of people just experiencing so many benefits from the method yeah. is, is unbelievable. But um, there's more than, than anecdotal yes, evidence, right? Like much he, more. There's been a lot of research uh, yeah. with him as well. So that's, that's one of the things. So Wim started all of this just through feeling. Like, you know, today, in today's day and age, a lot of people 
they need that scientific evidence to believe in something. Right. And when Wim started it, he just did everything based on feeling. He knew that there was something there. And we, if we get into his story a bit, you'll understand why. But he really was on an exploration to find some answers. Mm-hmm. And he he found this just based on intuitive feeling. And now the science is catching right. on. Right, because I've, yeah. I've read a couple of books uh, about him and his method. Yeah. Uh, and, and he said, like, when he first did the cold, yeah, that it just uh, he just felt drawn. Yeah, to jump, and he just it was like one of the what do they call them? canals. In, yes, in, uh, Amsterdam. in Amsterdam, and he just jumped in yeah. in the middle of winter. Well, I mean, just so I can give you a little bit about Wim, maybe you'll understand uh, where he's coming from. So, yeah, I mean, like Wim grew up just like any kid. He was always curious about the cold, curious about life, but he never really was getting the answers that were that he was happy with. Like, um, he was just continuing to explore, very curious and all those things. And I mean, there was times where his family would just find him sleeping in the snow outside. Yeah. Uh, he'd just be gone for hours. He'd like, where'd he go? And they'd find him outside sleeping in the snow. And um, so he just continued life a- a- as normal, really. And then there was this squatter's house in Amsterdam. So basically, I'm not really sure how it works. I don't think we have this in Canada. But basically, this house that wasn't being occupied... If all these people got together and lived there, you couldn't kick them out. So right. it was basically just this house. Rights. Yeah. And so they all lived there, and it was a very free-spirited kind of setting. And then there was this Beatrix Park, it was called, that, you know, they had cold water. And he was just always drawn to go in there. He was always a guy at this, um, at this uh, squatter's house where he was always kind of doing his own thing anyway. But then eventually he just decided to jump in. Right. And he said he felt an understanding uh, within himself that he hasn't hadn't experienced anywhere else mm-hmm. uh, with the cold there, because he also um, explored. I don't know if it was before this, but explored a lot of like Eastern, uh, oh yeah, religion and philosophy, and uh, yes, that's where that actually his breathing technique comes from. Yeah, uh, tumult breathing, right? Very similar, and so he kind of pulled from that, and he found that the breathing method. Uh, which, you know, I don't know a whole lot about TUMO. I know they're similar, mm-hmm. um, but he finds that the breathing method helps, or he found the breathing method helped him prepare to go into the cold. Because right. uh, the breathing does different things than we will get into, but it does prepare you to get into that cold water. And he just found it was much easier to transition into the cold using the breathing method. And mm-hmm. so that was just based on feeling, right? And then eventually, yeah. growing up, like, you know, even speaking with his kids, his kids say they were ridiculed for who their dad was growing up. He was always a guy, like, waiting for them at school, uh, doing handstands in the snow, you know, no shoes, all this stuff. And they were just ridiculed about it. And he didn't, you know, he didn't care. He knew there was something there. And to have, to have that where everybody's making fun of you, but you know something and believe in it so much to continue, right. that's just, you know, that's phenomenal. That's the only reason we're here even talking about it. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Yeah, imagine uh, there's always ways to embarrass your kids. But, uh, <laughs> he definitely got the award for that. Probably just wearing shorts. Uh, yeah, oh yeah. In the middle of winter. Yeah. And so he did that and then eventually, you know, picked up enough steam that a local news network wanted to be like, okay, so what are you even doing? And uh, what's this all about? And so after that, it just kind of snowballed and larger networks started to uh, challenge him to climb Mount Everest, climb Mm -hmm. Kilimanjaro, do all this stuff with, you know, just your shorts on. And he was doing it all. And then there was just one study when it first happened. It was amazing. It was... um, I don't know if you heard of the endotoxin study. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what really catapulted this into existence, and the mainstream picked it up, and it's just been right. And so, in that study, um, 
Because everybody, they were just saying that he's an outlier. Yeah, right? that's like, right. Oh, you can do this. Yeah, but, uh, that's your your unique. Yeah, uh, and so I think the endotoxin study. I think they did it just with him first. Yeah, and, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but mm -hmm. so they injected him with this endotoxin. Yeah, and then he had no. He's actual able to control his immune system yeah. to the point where. He had no reaction and ended up with no, it no was, sickness. It was, um, yeah, so the, the endotoxin was a dead cell bacteria of E. coli. And what that means is, it's, I mean, it's not the E. coli virus, but when you get, or um, yeah, the sickness, you're not going to get sick from E. coli. But what it does is, you know, they, they injected thousands of people with this. And every single person exhibited the same symptoms, you know, severe fever, headache, nausea, all mm -hmm. these really, um, well, harsh uh, side effects and for a couple hours. So it was pre very predictable what people were going to experience. Right. And so this was a great way to check out, okay, does the Wim Hof method would that help prevent feeling any of those things? Yeah. And so, you know, he prepared it as he normally does. He did the breathing. He did what everybody knows to be the basic breathing protocol, which we're going to get into. He did a bit of the power breathing, which is an advanced technique. But what he was able to do was, you know, he didn't feel anything other than a slight headache for 10 minutes. Right. And that was it for the whole experiment. And so um, that's where they, they started saying, yeah, you're just an outlier. And he's like, no, I'll prove you that anybody can do this. And that's where he trained other people. He took them to Poland, which uh, they went on the expedition. They did climb Mount Schneska, did all these things in, in the cold weather came back, did the thing, and they had the same, did the experiment, and they had the same outcome as he did. And is this the one where they said, how much time do you need? And he said, like, three months? And yeah. And it ended up being, like, ten days? It was, like, something. nothing. Yeah, it was, I think what they did was they spent um, something like four or five days in Poland, yeah. and then they came back and practiced the method for two weeks on their own, mm -hmm. and then they went and did the, the experiment. Yeah. So it wasn't much time at all. And what they found, and this is actually the most profound thing they found, was that for the first time they found conclusive evidence that we can influence our autonomic nervous system, which right. is supposed to be autonomous. That's why it's called the autonomous, not the, uh, autonomic nervous system. And so they found conclusive evidence that they can influence it because they didn't have the, um, obviously the immune response that they were expecting. Right. So yeah, that was, and I mean, now university check uh, textbooks have been changed around the world to reflect mm. that. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty amazing. And, uh, I, th I get I'm getting sort of confused or mixed up with the different uh, things that he's done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but because um, I know because he took a group, uh, several groups, he's taken up Kilimanjaro. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, uh, I know with them there there were people who had you know like rheumatoid or stage four cancer. Oh yeah, yeah. But were the in this uh, with the endotoxin city where all there are also people with um, I feel like I don't I don't remember if they were all I'm pretty sure they were all relatively healthy like it was a baseline because they had to compare it to the type of people that were already taking the study like right. the control group and so the control group was um, all the people were I think they were males between like 20 say just 25 35 relatively healthy so then those are the kinds of people they had to test on to compare it right. and that's uh, that's what they did Okay. But there's been, which we won't, I mean, there's been other studies where, um, even more recently, where they found for people with a specific type of arthritis, which attacks your pelvis, they found that there was 
massive amount of benefits and using the method in conjunction with what they're already doing. Mm -hmm. And so they've done lots of studies on that kind of thing with people with other illnesses for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. He, um, I guess getting back to his story. Yeah. Uh, so he's, he then like, he's, how many world records does he hold? Like, like 26? <laughs> yeah. At one point it was somewhere over 20. I mean, people have beaten some of them, right? Uh, but he's not, that's the thing. So he didn't do that for, and I mean, I, I've met him. Like he's the kind of guy where like, he doesn't even know you. If you go, like I went to his expedition and I did it with him. And he's the kind of guy that if, if you have a good idea, he'll give you his phone number and say, okay, text me and we'll talk about it. Like mm. he's on this world class stage, but he's not doing anything for fame. That's my hundred percent feeling of him. And he's a very humble person. And so the world records, I don't believe they hold any kind of significance for him other than the fact that he was able to get the message out. Right. Just to point out yeah. what, what, what's, what we're, what's we're capable of. But some of them are like sitting over an hour in a, in an ice Yeah, uh, he did. Tub. Yeah. He did that down, uh, in New York. He did yeah. one, um, Times Square where he sat like somewhere over an hour. He ran and, a marathon. Was it yeah. full or half in, in the, he, above the Arctic Circle? He did a full marathon above the Arctic Circle in just, just his shorts. shorts. Yeah, he did a full marathon actually also um, in the heat in the desert uh, with no water. Yeah. Um, he climbed Everest past uh, the death zone in just his shorts. And he would have continued. He had a foot injury, um, so he stopped. But he's climbed Kilimanjaro on record time in just his shorts. Yeah, so also. that was uh, another book I read, which kind of is what got me back into uh, getting interested in, in in doing his method was uh, is Scott Carney, is that? Uh, yep. So he was, uh, or I guess he is uh, sort of like an investigative journalist. Yep. And uh, as he states in his book, is like he likes to do, find um, these, uh, I guess, like false prophets or, yes. and, and sort of debunk yeah, what they're doing. So he went <laughs> went in because uh, he did um, the the uh, training in Poland. Yeah, and uh, went in, you know, with the, the mindset of oh, I'm going to prove this fucking guy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but then he was just blown away by yeah. what not only what Wim was doing, but yeah. what he was then that's right able to do. And then he the book ends with uh, the author joining. Um, uh, one of the expeditions, uh, the, actually the record-setting oh, yeah. one up Kilimanjaro. Yeah, yeah. so he totally went in there as a skeptic and yeah. was, uh, so to speak, converted, I guess, or whatever, yeah. believed in it in the end. Yeah, and that's the thing because um, that's what we hope for everybody. It's like we can talk about this, but until people experience it for themselves, they, mm -hmm. they won't really understand. And that's what a lot of whim gets back to is feeling is understanding, and that's what he wants for everybody. Yeah. And so he's hoping with, you know, he does so many studies a year. Uh, there's more and more. That's what I mean. Like the science is just catching up. They're mm -hmm. finally, like they, with that endotoxin study, they found like the, the adrenaline, it stirs up adrenaline, which creates these anti-inflammatory proteins, which then reduces the pro-inflammatory proteins. But then still in the background, white blood cells are producing. So your immune system is still fully functioning, but they mm -hmm. have a balanced immune response and reduced inflammation. And so what they're finding is now they're actually going into deeper, which I won't, there's one newer study that came out. Um, but 
So they're finding more things are going on, and the science is really just catching up. There's, he's doing so so many studies a year. It's it's really yeah. amazing. Yeah. Well, I think uh, I know there was a study done with because we talked about the the tumo breathing and mm-hmm. so the with either with the monks I think where they were like in a cave in the were in the <laughs> Himalayas oh, yeah. and uh, I don't know if it was. Tumo, but I've seen this uh, this study where they were sitting uh, in I mean it was freezing temperatures, and then they uh, wrapped them in wet blankets. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and they were able to maintain their body temperature, increase it to the point where they were like creating steam that's coming right. off of yeah, the, which is off of the blankets. Unbelievable to be able to regulate your body temperature that way. Yeah, like I remember. Um, so like, that's just what's possible. So again, it's not just monks that can do that or Wim, like Wim, they, I believe it was when he was in New York, I could be wrong, but anyway, one time when he was in the ice bath, they asked him to just increase the body temperature in his hand. Um, maybe he wasn't nice, but anyway, so just to show how he can regulate his body temperature. So they just had a heat gun pointing at his hand or a thermometer and he just consciously just in his hand rose a temperature and just his hand. And that's mm-hmm. just like, how do you do that with your mind? That's like some pretty introspective ability, yeah. right? And that's what it's kind of all about. Yeah. Cool. Uh, maybe we'll talk about um, the individual uh, components of the, yeah. of the method. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, it's breathing, cold exposure, and mindset. So, uh, starting with mindset, that's where it's kind of the foundation of the entire um, method because if you don't have that um, no I can do or open mindset then you're not even gonna first of all you're not gonna get in a nice bath mm-hmm. uh, second of all you're probably gonna be I mean most people are probably gonna be a bit anxious anyway but that fear is gonna take over your mind's really gonna start uh, playing tricks on you telling you you can't do this yeah um, and then even with the breathing just being open I mean breath work is so powerful it like with your breath, you literally can alter your nervous system, whether you're going to be in a more parasympathetic or sympathetic response. Mm-hmm. It can do so many things to your biochemistry. You can manipulate so many things. And really it's about biohacking and it's so powerful, but it's so overlooked. Like we breathe 20,000 times a day at least or around mm-hmm. there. And I know before I even started this kind of journey, I never thought about my breath ever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being an athlete growing up, all these things and never even occurred to me. And so... Uh, the breathing method is super powerful, but without that kind of mindset where you're open and you're curious and you're willing to release control because this isn't just like sitting here doing box breathing. You're actually doing, um, it's a bit of a breath work workout, uh, the Wim Hof method. Um, and so if you're not open and to curious to see what like different symptoms are going to come on and open to feeling those things and just releasing control, um, then, I mean, the mindset is a huge part in that. Yeah. just like sitting down and being able to let go and to do that. Um, so yeah, mindset hundred percent is, is hundred or huge foundation of it. And then focus also kind of goes along with that because you'll even hear when talk about when he was in the ice bath, uh, I think it was again in New York city, there was a time where a lot of his important health markers started to drop, like his body temperature, mm-hmm. all these things. And it was when the same time when he was, talking to reporters and kind of took his mind off of what was happening. Right. So he just said, like, they wanted to get him out. He's like, no, just give me a second. And so he refocused. 
but a good dog. Hey. Yeah, All right, we got interrupted by, uh, <laughs> by, by Kiwi. Dog, by yeah. Kiwi. <laughs> That's okay. Kiwi wanted yeah. to come in and join the party. Yeah. Um, so sorry. No, uh, that's so. Yeah. So he he just kind of when he was in the ice bath, he his marker started going down, body temperature, all those things, and they were worried. And he just kind of said, "Give me a second, let me recalibrate, focused again, and everything went back to where it should be." Body temperature rose, and I mean, he's sitting in freezing cold water, and he made right. his but you know, he could do that in that kind of water in that environment, and so focus is just so important. I mean, even in my own experience, when we climbed the mountain in Poland, the you know, if you lost, I mean, we, at certain parts of it, we hit, you know, there was a blizzard that hit, it was like minus 20, 25, you couldn't even see like three feet ahead of you. Wow. And you're just kind of following Wim's voice or the people ahead, ahead of you, like he, you know, blind, blindly following, but you have to maintain your focus. I mean, you're getting hit with these shards of, like felt like shards of ice. And if you lost your focus, you started to get really cold. Yeah. And so it was all about regaining that focus. And so. So what were you wearing? Uh, just our shorts. Uh, some people had gloves and hats on, but uh, I think for the most part, people just had shorts and we had boots on. Yeah. Uh, we didn't go barefoot. I mean, Wim had flip flops on, but uh, he's uh, that's just Wim. So uh, yeah, so we just went in shorts and boots, and it was amazing. So it was about two and a half hour hike, and just all to bring it back to how important the focus was, because there's there was about eighty of us there. And so very easy to you know, get into conversation or people yeah. wanting to take selfies and to document their epic climb and all this stuff. But really, that's not what we were there for. And it was really important to keep that focus. So what did you do when you got to the top? Uh, well, luckily at the top, so at the top of this, uh, where we did the hike, um, near the top, there was a chalet. Okay. And so we all went in there. And uh, they even had like hot chocolate and stuff in there. So we just hung out in there for a bit, did the horse stance, if you ever heard, seen Wim do that, mm -hmm. uh, to warm up. And, and yeah, just really, obviously everybody was really pumped about what we did. And that's what we did at the top. So uh, yeah, mindset, just very, very important for the entire method. Um, so then second, obviously cold exposure. Like when we think about cold exposure we hear about athletes getting into ice baths after their you know extensive workouts or games and stuff yeah cryotherapy is getting gaining big time momentum um so just really exposing oneself to the cold the reason the main reason that's really fundamental to why people have anxiety over it or are scared of it is because it takes a high degree of vulnerability when you go into the cold especially your first time you're really letting go of control because that response when you first get in, you're going to be panicked. The ice is going to take over. Your breath rate's going to increase. And you aren't, you know, until you regain that focus and focus on your breath, it's hard to, to relax and to, to control your breath. And so it's that vulnerability of going in and not being in control of your reaction that people are scared of and the pain, right? You can't yeah. be able to control the pain because it's going to happen. And not to scare people away from it, but that's where the most profound lessons are. When you go into the cold and you learn to transition from being panicked to being calm, that's one of the best lessons in life because you can take that to every area of your life. For yeah. example, I'm a, I'm a professional firefighter. If we get a call at work for, well, basically anything to do with kids or any kind of extreme call, mm -hmm. it's definitely stress-inducing. Yeah. And so what I do is you know, I get in the truck and just while I'm sitting in the back of the truck, I'll put myself back in the ice bath. And imagine myself going from being panicked to calm 
and just remembering that transition, it's almost like second nature now. And then, I mean, yeah, sure, I'm still um, a bit stressed because no one likes to deal with these emergency calls dealing with kids or whatever else. Right. Uh, but I'm much more clear and able to do my job and I've been able to transition and calm myself down. And so that's just, you know, the ice bath, more than just reducing inflammation or uh, there's tons of benefits. Um, people use it as a fight against depression, all this stuff. It really is that ability to transition in from being stressed out to calm. If only uh, Jack had done this training, uh, <laughs> maybe he would have survived in the, in the icy waters. <laughs> Titanic. <laughs> so I thought that's what you were getting to, and I was going to wait for the... Yeah, I know. And I, you know, I wish Wim was there to help him out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah, so that's uh, that's the cold exposure, and then and, well, I I have because I I do the cold shower. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, I mean it's not freezing cold. Yeah. Um, but I find like like you said like with just being calm, and I find that with the, the breath work because yeah. Um, so you know I'm I can do uh, around four minutes of. Of retention now. Oh wow, amazing! And uh, yeah. what I find is like um, some mornings because I do it. Uh, you know, my morning routine is I get up, uh, take the dog out, and then come <laughs> back and do do the breath work. Yeah. And uh, so sometimes, uh, and just I mean to share my story yeah. is uh, um, I'm you know dealing with depression and yeah. And uh, that's how I came across because uh, the method because I think he really started uh, trying to like explore it more after his wife hundred percent yeah um, so he wanted to see how it could affect uh, you know depression and mood disorders yeah um, so some mornings you know I'll wake up and there's just like as soon as my eyes open it's just like negative yeah self talk yeah and uh so i you know i i get in the chair and and sit down to, and it's like i take like two breaths and then it's like you can't do this yeah <laughs> <laughs> and oh. so it's like it's just pushing through it yes. um but then you know when cuz i use well i mean we'll get into the it, it in a little bit but yeah. um you know, there's like tons of YouTube videos yeah. to do it, and yeah. so that's what I use, and uh, um, and so they go from you know you start at like one and a half or two minutes, and then build yeah up for to your the, retention to the four, yeah. And so some you know when I get to like the end of the hold, sometimes he's like you know at fi with fifteen seconds left, he he comes his voice comes back in, yeah. Like, okay, fifteen seconds, yeah. And at that point, sometimes, you know, your body will tell you, hey, jackass, <laughs> <laughs> breathe. Yeah. Uh, but it's that, when that happens, it's usually like way before you actually need to. Yeah. And so that's like, there's a bit of panic that sets in. Yeah. And so you're like, oh, fuck, I got to breathe. Yeah. But then if you just like say, no, okay, I'm going to be calm. Yeah. And then you're able to push it out uh, yeah. uh, a lot longer. 100%. Because uh, what we find for the retention anyway, and I, I got to say, like, a lot of people who practice the method, they get caught up on the retention. Mm -hmm. And what happened with me anyway, 
I was, you know, I was doing my breath hold like at two between two and three minutes, not at your level, four minutes. That's awesome. That's really great. But all of a sudden, my retention time went down to 45 seconds, yeah, 30 seconds. And I was just timing all the time. And what happens is you kind of become a slave to your clock. Yeah. And that goes 100% against the intention of what Wim created this method for. It's about going within. And so that was my experience too. Yeah. And so simply, yeah. So I get, got rid of the clock. Yeah. And I don't know if that's what you did. Yeah. Well, so for me, so I, I had a friend that introduced me to this mm -hmm. about four or five years ago. Okay. And so that's what I would do. I was like, you know, as, when I first woke up, um, you know, still in bed and I would grab my phone and then do it and then fumbling between, you yeah. know, the, to set the clock. And so the same thing, like it would just, my retention would be up and down. And, yeah. and uh, so what I find with the, the videos or mm -hmm. the, the, doing it on YouTube, and I think he's, he's got an app as he well. He does, yeah, that's what I use sometimes. And so I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. So I don't have to look at the clock because yeah. it's just like I just close my eyes and focus. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then he tells you when the time is up. That's right. Right. Yeah. And so there's no. Uh, so since I started doing it again and using the the YouTube videos, it's been easier to yeah. to get the extended Reten uh, retention time. Yeah. So uh, and again, so like it was I. I find that if I even, even if I use the app, um, or if I use YouTube, so I think it really, really depends on the person. Mm -hmm. Um, so for me, when I use the app or I use the YouTube videos, um, and I, cause I'm still focusing on, Oh, do I, uh, I think am I at one minute yet? Am I at one and a half minutes? Am I at two minutes? Like I'm still thinking about the time. Right. I have a hard time letting it go. And, uh, that's probably related to, um, I'm very competitive and all these other things. And so I'm just really just competing with myself in the yeah. clock at that point. And so if I don't get rid of it what altogether, um, my experiences aren't as profound. Mm -hmm. And that's what I just recommend to anybody when they're, when they're doing the method, the best way to do it is create a playlist for yourself, create a few. So you don't just get used to the same playlist, uh, you Spotify or whatever. And, um, once in a while do a time just to check in to see where you're at. But otherwise, really allow the music to take you and to just sink into that moment and to not even have any thoughts. Don't don't worry about the time. Don't worry about hitting the little timer, even on the app, to stop the timer. You got to tap it twice. So right. again, you're taking out, you're getting taken out of your your meditative state there because you have to consciously think about okay, I got to tap the thing now. And so, just get out of that completely and just really appreciate the experience that's happening because. No one gives a fuck how long your time is, right. <laughs> other than you. Right. Yeah, and yeah, so that's sure. what it's I say to everybody. Against, yeah. against yourself. That's right. And so, uh, I guess yeah. So now we're talking about the breath work, and the it, that's you know that's where when I run workshops, people are always so excited and anxious about the ice bath, like we said. Right. But the magic really happens with the breath work. That's for me anyway, and that's mm -hmm. what I try to tell people. It really happens with the breath work, and. It's uh, maybe it's because you know it's something that a lot of people don't consider. Like you know the the ice bath is a challenge mm -hmm. for people, so they like to look at it as something to accomplish, right? And that's yeah. kind of how we're wired. Uh, we like to achieve things and whatever else. But the breath work is totally different, and you're actively um, 
doing things and breathing in a certain way to influence your so many things, your endocrine system, your circulatory system, even your mindset, your whole nervous system, your whole breathing mechanism, like all of these systems are being worked with just your breath. And that's like, that's phenomenal. That is amazing. <laughs> Good dog. Distracted by the dog. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. So yeah, you're working all these different mechanisms and I don't know another method where, I mean, there's probably something out there, but I don't know any other method where you're really working all of these different systems at once. I don't know. Right. Yeah. And uh, so is there, because I know they say like when you do the breath work. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, you're not, you shouldn't be in water or yeah, oh, yeah. anything where you, cause you, you know, you might get a bit lightheaded. Yeah. Um, so is the, cause actually I, I don't know, uh, like the, the breathing that you do for the ice bath, is it yeah. different than the, the, um, breath work for retention? It's actually great. You brought that up cause it's a, it's more of a, of a safety thing. It actually is really important. Um, and so the breathing that we do, uh, like you said, you don't do it, basically you don't do it any time, place, or way that uh, could put you in a dangerous situation. Mm -hmm. Because one of the things that could happen um, is you could lose consciousness. That's just out there and that's known, which is totally safe on its own. Right. You might lose consciousness for 10 to 15 seconds, you'll come back to you and you're totally fine. No one ever has to... Because like, you'll, you'll, like, if you lose consciousness, then you'll just innately start breathing that's what happens yeah exactly yeah. It, it activates your primitive brain and the first thing that your primitive brain wants to do is take a breath right and so that's totally fine so can you imagine doing that if you're underwater or that people have used it for diving techniques mm -hmm. and that's totally not what it's meant for and very very dangerous um, or driving a car mm -hmm. or you know I've seen on Facebook people doing in headstands doing the breathing or like squatting at the gym doing the breathing if you lose consciousness in, in any of those situations it could be detrimental and you could, you, could, sure. you, know, you could die and so always do it you know lying down or, or sitting in a safe place and the reason uh, just because people are probably curious, the reason you lose consciousness is because with this breathing, we're lowering our blood oxygen saturation. And once you lower it to a certain point below, I believe it's like 60%, right now we're sitting at 95, 99%. Mm -hmm. If you lower it down, lower, uh, lower than 60, then you have a higher chance of losing consciousness. And that's what we're doing with the more rounds you do, you're lowering that blood so uh, oxygen saturation more and more, which, I mean, there's... Um, Actually, in 2019, the Nobel Prize um, was given to three researchers based on years and years of studies uh, and research uh, on the positive effects of hypoxic states, uh, low oxygen states. Hmm. And so it's not unsafe to go that low. You might lose consciousness, like we said. Um, but yeah, so they've gained a lot of momentum in this kind of breath work because also it was totally unrelated to Wim Hof, but it just so happens that it's actually very related. Um, and so, yeah, that's why you lose consciousness. But then, um, hello. <laughs> um, yeah. So you want to, like you mentioned, do it always in a safe that's, environment. Sorry, that's, there's another, another way of lowering your blood pressure. Yeah. That's been petting. studied. Yeah. That's been studied as well. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah, petting the petting dog. The dog. Um, good boy. And then there's the part about the breathing, which we always want to uh, use as a disclaimer that it's not recommended for anybody who's epileptic or pregnant. Mm -hmm. uh, two of the main reasons, one being we don't really know the effects of the breathing um, on the fetus. And 
sometimes when you do the breathing, it's possible to see lights. So if you're epileptic, yeah. it's not a good idea. So yeah. Okay. That's and so that's actually uh, how, how I focus. <laughs> oh I, yeah. Because I just uh, I do it with my eyes closed. Yes. And then so I start to see lights, and I just really? focus. Uh, like almost like staring through my eyelids. Yeah. But just focusing on that's on cool. the lights. Yeah. So everybody so experiences like, different things, but that is awesome because I don't see lights, and no. so yeah, that's uh, I'm kind of jealous. <laughs> nice. Um, well, maybe I'll give you some pointers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I appreciate that. Um, so and then so that's the the uh, I think we covered the. Uh, the cold and the breathing, and then the third. Uh, and we covered the mind side. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So there were, that was, was the three pillars. Yeah, that's all good. <laughs> um, back to like you know when and where to do the breathing. Yeah. In, in uh, the book by Scott Carney, um, he talked because he. It's not just about whim. His book is more about like just. Uh, taking your body to uh, yeah. extremes. Yeah, it's called what doesn't kill us, right? Right, I think so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, so he he went off and did uh, further, you know, work with other people doing similar things um, with, uh, I think he did something with the Marine Corps and, uh, and then with, uh, he went and did some work because uh, Laird Hamilton, who's yeah. a you know, famous surfer, yeah. Who's done work with uh, with Wim? Has his own method now too. And so yeah. he has his own like, but it's more for for working out. Yes. And it, uh, so a lot of it is underwater and yep. in, in the pool. So he was uh, in the book. He mentioned that. Like, cool. Like he was himself was a bit leery of doing it uh, and being underwater. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, wind is breathing. Yeah. 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 Good. Yeah. That's a good worry to have because we don't <laughs> want to be doing that. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and uh, I guess just another thing about uh, that I had read uh, about Wim is so he uh, the very first time he did you know like people you know challenged him to go uh, in the ice mm -hmm. and this was I think in the Arctic and uh, he so he they cut two holes and yeah. forget how far apart. 50 meters I think something 50. and so then he was going to swim from one and it was the first time that he'd done that yeah and so he found uh, you know he was like looking for the light but then because uh, it's so cold his eyes yeah froze yeah like their right. eyes started to form yeah and so he was lucky because they had divers yeah and he got way off course and so one of the divers grabbed his foot and, yep. uh, and brought him that's just you know <laughs> Wim will take things to the extreme yeah he he did that you know he hung from a tightrope like between two balloons yes right? like it, way up in the air like so high and just holding on by his middle finger yeah <laughs> so that's just yeah that's he just had a harness on right like it wasn't like, uh, he may have I actually don't he know did, did he yeah, okay I, the, I watched the video okay well, that's because I was wondering yeah oh my gosh this whole time I thought he didn't because I'm like that'd be totally whim not even wearing a harness yeah, he, <laughs> but he did that's good. <laughs> His kids probably made him, honestly. Yeah. It probably wasn't his idea. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Um, so, uh, uh, so another thing, I don't know, it's not part of the method, but the, the push-ups. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And so I guess that's a challenge, is yes. uh, that 
what what Wynn says is that if you do the breathing, that you can push uh, yourself. And I think Scott, again, back to not here just to promote his book. But, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> it's a good book. So. Um, uh, that that's one thing that that he does, and so yeah. that if you do the breathing, you can then take your push-ups yeah. to uh, another level. So I'm yeah. gonna Try give that. myself that challenge. So sure. I did uh, um, before we started recording. I did uh, ten push-ups, yeah. and and I struggled a bit. I think I probably could have gone on. Yeah, uh, I'd say that I probably could have done twelve. Okay. So we're gonna do. I'm gonna yeah, try to beat have that. Uh, Jacob lead me through sure. the breathing and uh, and then see if I can. I guess I'm gonna set a goal of 15. Yep. And uh, but you know I won't stop there if I. Would we'll go can, as far as you can. As far as I can. Yes. Because right. I guess the idea is. Well, I don't know what what the theory behind it is, but uh, I don't know if you know. Well, uh, with the breathing, you're for one, you're stirring about a lot of adrenaline. Mm -hmm. which is happening behind the, the scenes and you're creating a lot of energy in your body and um, closing off some pain receptors. So that's kind of why it's easier to transition into the cold. Uh, why we talk about that is because of the things that happen during the breathing, but also right. because of that. Now, if you're, you know, if you're increasing your energy and adrenaline, closing off pain receptors, intuitively, theoretically, you would assume, okay, I can probably do more push-ups or um, yeah. withstand more physical exertion if I do the breathing. Okay. And so that's kind of where it comes from. So we'll test it out. Sure. So just remember when we when we do the breathing and you start doing the push-ups, we're going to do the push-ups on the retention part. Right. But you can once you need to take a breath, you can take a breath, but keep going with push-ups as much as you can. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, so uh, do you want music or no music? Uh, sure. Because I'm music? sure for people listening, uh, just listening to me breathe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. I got lots of um, Wim playlists. So right. we'll put one on here. And we'll just do one round. So obviously, sure. when you do when you do this um, this exercise, the more rounds you go, uh, not necessarily you're not going to just keep exponentially increasing your push-ups, but you'll likely by round two and three you'll be able to do more. But so, we'll just do. Uh, why don't we? Because I also wanted to do just uh, you know if people are listening and then wanted to try it. So why sure. don't we do one round um, uh, for? People listening, yeah, uh, and I'll join in, and then we'll do another round if people want to try again to go a little bit longer. Okay, uh, and then uh, and I'll do the push-ups on the second round. Okay, sure, yeah, we'll do that. So again, so just, um, if uh, you're listening and are going to attempt uh, a retention, make sure you're seated or lying down, uh, and don't push yourself too much. If during the retention you really feel like you need to take a breath, then by all means breathe and then join right back in. You also want to make sure you're not pregnant, you don't have epilepsy. Mm -hmm. um, anything else? Uh, uh, if you have any cardiovascular conditions, uh, just we just say consult your doctor before practicing the it. method. Yeah, or a trusted healthcare practitioner. All right, we're gonna get a cool little playlist going. So two rounds. All right, so you're comfortable? Yep. Just focusing on your regular breath. And uh, oh, that's okay. Um, 
for me, like I, I try and focus on diaphragm yes. when I'm doing it, like that, and so not as much because I guess I think it's less energy than using your accessory muscles and, and more chest breathing. It's also yeah, and it's also the proper way to breathe, right? Uh, with your belly, uh, that's why they call it belly breathing. But really, we're trying to fill our entire cylinder with air. Uh, so using your diaphragm. Filling up your belly, your back, your ribs, mm -hmm. like everything around there, just filling with air and starting there. That's why you'll hear women say belly, chest, head, and out. <coughs> and it's hard to breathe into your head, um, <laughs> but uh, so breathing up to your neck. So I'll mm -hmm. sometimes say belly, head, or belly, chest, head too. And uh, yeah, so we'll go. So as long All as right. you're relaxed, focus on your breathing. And we'll start so deeply in and letting go. Sorry, again. Um... Again, just for people listening, uh, what's the the rate and uh, yep, into sure. your nose out to the mouth good. or both through the nose or what's good. the the best? Um, so um, when we when we talk about the breathing, uh, we're going to be doing thirty to forty breaths, and then after the thirty to forty, I'll guide you. I'll count. I'll say, okay, last five. Okay, last one. Deeply in, letting go, and then you hold. You hold with no air in your lungs, or right. usually I leave a little residual, but mm -hmm. it's up to you. So then we hold, and we hold for X amount of time, oh, don't worry about the time, and then after that hold, uh, with no air, we go into a retention, where I say, okay, deeply in, and then you hold for 15 seconds with new rejuvenated air, and that's one round. And so, and so, um, go one through, yeah, and then, so after that, uh, that round. Um, what was the other question? Uh, how to breathe? Like, is it through the nose? Oh, right. I know his his, his thing <laughs> oh, is yeah. just breathe, motherfucker. Yeah, breathe, motherfucker. And what he says is get get the air in with any hole. I don't care. So whatever works for you, man. No judgment here. Um, there's definitely if we want to get into it, and what I kind of get into in the advanced workshops is there's benefits to breathing through your nose. Right. A lot of benefits. Um, but I mean, Wim only breathes through his mouth, so whatever you're comfortable with. Okay. All right, and just really focusing on breathing deep into the diaphragm. Yeah. So I, I do in through the nose, out through the mouth. That's what I do too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then Wim will do in the mouth, out the mouth. So, all right. All right. Now here we go. All right. So we'll start. So deeply in, and letting go. Fully in, letting go. Belly, chest, head, letting go. Fully in. Letting go. Deeply in. Letting go. Fully in. Full breaths, as full as you can. And on the exhalation, just letting go. Deeply in. Letting go. Big breath in. And letting go. Relaxing the shoulders. Relaxing the face. And just letting go. Releasing control. Allowing the breath to take you deeply in and letting go. Belly, chest, head, and letting go. Fully in and letting go. Deeply in, letting go. Deeply in, letting go. Fully in, letting go. Like a wave. Relax into it, releasing control. Fully in, letting go. Very good. 
accessing the deeper parts of your mind, releasing your thoughts, and just observe what's happening. Fully in and letting go. Ten more, deeply in and letting go. Belly, chest, head, letting go. Deeply in and letting go. Fully in, letting go. Very good, five more. Deeply in, letting go. Fully in, go. Belly, chest, head, and letting go. Two more. Last one, give it your all. Fully in, letting go, and hold. Releasing your thoughts and allowing the music to take you. here can you get to a place where everything drifts away and just focus on being still there's so much power and actually so much control and just learning to let go of control Five, four, three, two, one. Fully in and hold. And letting go. That's one round. Here we go. Next so round. I'll do the push ups after. Yeah. All right, here we go. Fully in. And letting go. Deeply in. Letting go. Like a wave. Fully in. In. And out. In. And out. Going at your own pace. We want to make sure we're taking full breaths. Go at a pace that's comfortable for you. If any symptoms are coming up, like tingling in the face, numbness in the hands, emotions even, I encourage you to feel into that. But again, you're in control. Take a break or slow down if you need. Deeply in, letting go. Belly, chest, head, and letting go. Fully in, letting go. Deeply in, letting go. Fully in, letting go. Deeply in, letting go. Very good. The deeper you go, the better you feel. And the better you feel, the deeper you go. Give it your all. Fully in, letting go. Deeply in, 
letting go, fully in, letting go, 10 more, fully in, letting go, deeply in, letting go, belly, chest, head, letting go, fully in, letting go, deeply in, Letting go, five more, fully in, letting go, belly, chest, head, letting go, deeply in, letting go, two more, fully in, letting go, last one, deeply in, letting go, and start your push-ups. You got it, keep it going. Very good. Breathe, yep, keep breathing, keep going. Very good. Awesome. Another one. Bonus, nice, good job. 19. 19. There we go. Yeah, and you know, it's worth mentioning like your transition from where we're doing the breathing here, which people can't see, to where you had to do the push ups. It's also not ideal, but you yeah. still you got down and uh, you did the push ups and you doubled almost what you did before. Yeah. And um, like when I do it, when I, I, don't, I don't do the push ups all that often when I, with my breathing, but when I do it, I'm laying on the ground and I just roll over and start doing push-ups. Right, so, so I'm sitting in a chair. Yeah, having to get up. <laughs> yeah, so and that was So great. how, for you know, people who are doing this at home, how long was that first? Uh, minute and a half. Minute and a half. Yeah, and mm -hmm. then this, um, this retention here, we're focused on, on the push-ups, so obviously I didn't time it, but um, people can just, yeah, people are always amazed because, you know, when they come to workshops and, um, they don't know how long they're holding their breath for because I don't right. give them the time ever. And then when we talk about it, they are honestly just blown away to how long they can hold their breath. Yeah. And the, I mean, the reason we can do this, so if you just sit here and you try to hold your breath right now, you might be able to make 30 seconds without mm -hmm. the breathing. But what we do is it's called controlled hyperventilation. And so we are actively lowering our CO2 levels with the breathing. And CO2 is actually the first indicator that your body needs to take a breath. Once it right. reaches a certain level, that's when we know. It's, a lot of people think it's your oxygen gets down to a certain level, which that's probably like the fourth factor. Eventually, it has to get really low to um, initiate a breath with your body and into your mind. Right. <clears throat> but it's when your CO2 level, so we're artificially lowering it to a certain degree that it takes longer for it to reach that point where we have to take a breath. Mm -hmm. And that's why we can go for you know a minute, two minutes, three minutes, four minutes, or longer, so yeah. Water, you earned it. <laughs> awesome. And then, in terms of the cold, yeah, like uh, um, I think what what Wim suggests and is uh, starting off with the cold shower. 
bag if you yeah or just feed our hands in yep. a nice bucket yeah you know the cold um especially in today's day and age you know if it's if it's too that's the way we are we're really comfortable people if it's too hot outside we'll turn on the ac if it's too cold we'll turn on the heat mm -hmm. we're super comfortable right and so we aren't used to being like i mean in the winter where most people really bundle up you know yeah. we're really not used to being cold so it can be really extreme to go from not being used to cold at all to going into an ice bath yeah uh, it can be dangerously <clears throat> extreme for some people depending on you know what kind of conditions they might have that maybe they don't even know about and um and so we always talk about gradual exposure to the cold. And uh, so we start with... Oh, no. Okay. We'll go All right. to 60. And sure. Yep. And so um, gradual exposure to the cold is what we always say. And so the way we do it is starting with, you know, you might start with some cold showers. You might start, you know, go take your normal warm shower, turn to cold for a bit and then go to back to warm. And then after you do that for a while, you'll go into a warm shower, go to cold and not go back to warm. Mm -hmm. And eventually you're going straight into a cold shower and then maybe you, <clears throat> over time, increase the, the cold temperature and go colder and colder in your showers. And then building up to the point where you're filling up your tub with cold water and submerging yourself and yeah. then adding some ice. So really the point is to gradually build up. And to be totally honest, I find, I don't know, if, People are going to take this the wrong way. I find cold showers actually harder than an ice bath uh, anyway, personally. Um, but you always do want to start with the cold shower uh, and always in a much more controlled environment. Always having somebody around when you're performing cold exposure mm -hmm. because you never know day to day how your body's going to react, especially if you're going out in nature. I do so many nature dips, but I'll always bring either Jess, my partner, with me or, um, or I'll go with friends or we do community right. dips. So it's really important to do that. So what I did is, uh, um, <clears throat> so when I do the, I just do the cold showers. I don't, uh, uh, I did, I've done one, uh, it was like a fundraiser, what used to do the polar dip. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, this is how long ago it was sponsored by Sears. Oh, yeah. It doesn't uh, exist <laughs> anymore, yeah. Anymore. Um, so I did it one year, and to do it, uh, I think it's New Year's Day, and they did it. It was at Britannia. Oh yeah, yeah. They cut a hole and yeah, and it just like this that year was like a record for it was like minus thirty five wind chill. Yeah. Um, but uh, we uh, we did it. Um, uh, yeah, and it was uh, the worst part was like afterwards because. They they put up like a little hut, you know, yeah. for changing. But it was the floor was ice, right? So <laughs> it's th that was the hardest thing was like getting feeling back in my feet after. Um, well, the um, the part about cold exposure. So just for people to know what's kind of possible, um, you know, when I first started, I I just filled my parents' tub with lukewarm water, mm. and I couldn't control my breathing. So I was like, you know, noob big time. To now. I will go into the Mississippi River here um, in minus 20, minus 30 degree weather. Because what you, people have to understand is that the water temperature is still the same. It's still cold. When you break through the ice, that water right. temperature is still around zero underneath the ice, um, maybe a little bit less with flowing water. But the thing people have to remember is when you're in nature, it's the wind when you get out just wicks away the heat from your body. Yeah. And so really have somebody there to help you get dressed and all those things, especially, you know, I remember I would... 
I would be getting changed, I would throw my swim shorts off, and by the time I get the rest of my clothes on, my swim shorts are frozen. So it's just really important to yeah. have somebody there to help you out. Yeah, well, would I... Um, uh, oh, and just for people listening who aren't from, you know, around Ottawa, that we also, there's a Mississippi River here too. That's right, yes. <laughs> not the one so in the States. driving down. Uh, <laughs> Um, so yeah, so what I do is, uh, with the cold showers, I just have my regular shower. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to lather soap in cold water. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, regular, I've learned that too. Regular temperature. And then I turn it to cold, but then I do like one body part at a time. Like start yeah. with my legs, each yeah. leg, then each arm, then my face. Uh, and then, uh, and then I just get my whole body submerged, you know, yeah. submerged um, and uh, and so then that's a total about two or three minutes. Mm -hmm. um, but when I started, uh, it was in the fall, and uh, I would just go in my shorts, barefoot, in the backyard. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and I think like air is is I think it's easier to be in the cold that way than in water. Yeah. Um... I would, I would probably agree with that. Um, like if you're not like going from a, a nice bath into the, then like the air is pretty extreme. But if you're just going out to experience a hundred percent, I would probably agree with that, that it's easier. Yeah. Uh, so I did nice it, bath. uh, dog, even the dog thought I was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good boy. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. And so some of the things that you can do with the cold and, um, it's important to keep in mind though, uh, what people probably don't realize is any water temperature below 16 degrees Celsius uh, has benefits, lots of benefits. 16? 16 degrees Celsius, yeah. yeah. And so you don't have to be in zero degree or an ice bath. That's, you know, that's, it's great to challenge yourself that way and I love it for that. But you're also getting benefits anything below, I believe, 16 degrees Celsius staying in that kind of water for, I think it's like two to five minutes, something like that. Um, so you don't have to do the extreme extreme temperatures if that's not for you. Um, mm -hmm. Any uh, still it benefits otherwise, but you can do you can play with it lots of ways. Like I'll, um, I used to I mean before I started my Wim Hof training, I used to see guys uh, running around in Ottawa even with no shirts on in the winter, and I'd be like, man, you're fucking weird. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, just I thought I thought they were just trying to show off, you know. Yeah. But now I understand it, and I've even started to do it, you know, within uh, where I live. Uh, just going out for runs in the middle of winter, whether it's snowing or not, uh, and just dressing down, just going in shorts with shoes on and just going for a run yeah. and maintaining your body temperature, focusing on your breathing. Great ways to challenge yourself in the cold, for sure. Yeah. Cool. And so, but, and there's specific breathing to do uh, before getting in the cold. Oh, I think we were, yeah, that's what we were talking about before. It's easy to get started. So, uh, breathing, the Wim Hof breathing is different than what you breathe when you're in the cold. Right. So when you're in the ice bath, what's important to do is to, it's really simple. There's no real magic to it other than prolonging your exhalation. Whenever you prolong an exhalation, anytime you're stressed, um, it activates your vagus nerve, which if you haven't heard of that, it's, that's the nerve in your body that really is uh, vital in transitioning from being calm or from being stressed to calm. Mm -hmm. And so you activate that nerve and you activate your calm response when you extend your exhalation. And so whenever I'm coaching people in the ice bath, you know, whether they're panicked, it's just amazing to see after they start, you know, I'll say, okay, blow my hand away and I'll make sure they blow it away with long exhalations. Um, and it doesn't take long. They'll just, it's almost like, it's almost instant to be totally honest. When they, once they start focusing on my hand, blowing it away with those long exhalations, they begin to calm down. 
And so if you can do that when you're doing your own ice bath or cold exposure, it will help tremendously in reducing that panic kind of response that you're feeling. Yeah. Never do the Wim Hof breathing in the cold, for sure. No. no. <laughs> All right. Um, and then so uh, I guess uh, we talk a little about you. And uh, <laughs> um, So how did you... Uh, uh, are you, as far as you know, are you the only certified no. instructor in Ottawa? Or? No, there's, uh, like in total, if you look worldwide, there's not that many instructors and mm -hmm. becoming an instructor also is a like relatively new thing. I think maybe even just like five years ago is when they started, um, certifying people officially. Um, and so there is a few of us, there's, uh, I think three total in the Ottawa area. Okay. Um, which is great because more people yeah. get exposure and that's really what it's all about is just more people having access to workshops and to learning about it. You can definitely do the practice at home, but there is something to be said about being in a group and learning from somebody know, who knows what the fuck they're talking about right. in person, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and it's the safest way to start, uh, in my opinion, anyway. Um, and so, yeah, there's a few of us and... For me, um, the way I kind of got started, uh, everyone's obviously got a bit of their own story. So going back, maybe I'm 31 now. So in my early 20s, I was kind of guy who was just living for the weekend, just getting drunk every weekend, yeah. working during the week, just wanting to party, um, all that kind of stuff, and you know, not really any meaning in my life whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And then that manifested into. Um, you know, I had gout, um, inflammatory, I was always tired, just, you know, addicted, really addicted to coffee, all these other things going on in my life. I met my partner, uh, Jess, who is probably the most open-minded, kind person, obviously, I've ever met. I'm probably a little biased there, but, uh, you know, she's very intuitive. And when I met her, it was kind of the first kick in the butt for me to be like, okay, partying for the weekend and just, or living for the weekend just to party and have no real meaning is no, not really beneficial. And I'm looking for more. Right. And I didn't realize I was my whole life. I I felt you know kind of um, that there was a void. I didn't know what I was doing. Were didn't know you, why I was doing it. Uh, working as a fireman at that point. No, no, I was just random jobs. Um, and so I decided that yeah. So then after after meeting her, um, I kind of went on a search of my own. I decided to become a firefighter and. I thought that that was going to bring me, you know, lasting happiness. And I think we all intuitively know that nothing can actually bring us happiness. Mm -hmm. And, but I didn't really fully understand it until I kind of went, you know, deeper into this kind of search as to what makes people happy or what causes happiness. And you can get to it. We can get into a huge conversation about that. But I just started looking up people who are doing extraordinary things. So I went out and I, you know, I listened and went to see Tony Robbins. I did. Yeah. I did the, uh, I got certified in neuro-linguistic programming. I read tons of books. I did all these different things. And then randomly, I just stumbled upon Wim. And I was like, this is, this is for me. I want to try this. So I started like everybody else with the breathing at home. No, this is when also I jumped into the tub of my parents and had a terrible experience in really not that cold of water. Um, and... What I found, though, I wanted to go deeper. I wanted to learn more about it. I wanted to learn from Wim. Mm -hmm. And I was still suffering from gout, which if people don't know what it is, it's an inflammatory illness. Um, basically, uric acid will crystallize in my joints. And so if I had an onset of gout, you know, if a bed sheet were to touch my toe, for example, it was agonizing pain. I'd go to the doctor numerous times thinking my toe was broken. And eventually they said it was, you know, narrowed it down to gout. 
And um, so I changed some things in my lifestyle, but you know, my stress level, my diet, whatever else, but it was still lingering. I still get go occasionally. Mm -hmm. And so I went to do this expedition with Wim to learn more about it. And, you know, once I went deeper into the method, not only did I meet just the most open-minded, non-judgmental, amazing group of people from all around the world at this, at this expedition, um, I realized like I, after he hearing their stories, not only, you know, shortly after that, I, well, since then, I never had gout again. Um, but hearing the stories of people with, you know, schizophrenia, with different cancers, with uh, diabetes, autoimmune disorders, all these people finding relief. Mm -hmm. We never say this is a cure for anything. Uh, but in obviously the power of your mind, the placebo will always play a role in everything that we consume and that we do. Right. Um, but just hearing their stories, I was like, I have to share this with more people. Like, this is just so powerful. Awesome. So I came back. Uh, I decided, okay, I'm going to become an instructor. And then about two months before doing my instructor training, I was supposed to go to Washington State. Uh, that's where the uh, second part of our training was. The first part was in LA, which was just a weekend thing. And then the, the second part was in Washington State for a week uh, in the mountains there. And two months before, I tore my Achilles tendon playing basketball. Nothing, I wish I was going out for a dunk or something, but it was nothing extraordinary. I just pushed off the wrong way and snapped. And so that was, you know, at this at this training, we were supposed to climb a huge mountain, supposed to do all this stuff. And I was like, well, I can either postpone this or I can really put this method to the test and see how effective it is. And so I didn't take any of the medications that the doctors prescribed. I For, in, for like pain. Anti-inflammatory. Yeah, anti-inflammatory pain. pain yeah. None of that. I didn't take any of it. Um, and also they told me it was going to be a year at least before I got back to doing what I was doing before, going back to work, all this stuff. And I think that for a lot of people, it would take a year, but when you're kind of, um, I guess, um, what's the word, uh, set up or they kind of put that in your mind and still that in your mind that it's going to take a year people start to believe it and it does take that long. Right. But there's a choice to be made and I just was curious more than anything to see if I could not take that long. Mm -hmm. And... So I just started doing the method every day. I would do the breathing four rounds in the morning, four rounds at night. I would ice my Achilles heel every day, multiple times a day. I would go in an ice bath every single day. I spent so much money on ice because I didn't have an ice machine or I didn't have a proper setup at home. I was living in a one-bedroom apartment with Jess at the time. And I was just you know, doing all this stuff. And so I tore my Achilles tendon beginning of June. I had my surgery two weeks later. Uh, sorry, mid-June. Was it a complete tear? I, yeah, complete tear. So I tore it middle of June. Two weeks later, had my surgery. Uh, so beginning of July. And then mid-August, uh, I went to Washington State. Wow. So six weeks after surgery, I went there and I climbed this mountain. I did. It was uh, 12K, about 7,000 feet. And before that, we did a 4K hike into the mountain also. I uh, did it all. Uh, no issues. Was back to work within two months. And I really could have gone back after a month. Uh, and I mean, firefighting, you really, you need your Achilles heel to do that. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty crucial in what we do. Um, and so that just really proved to me that like, you know, I've made the right choice and uh, this method, like not to pat myself on the back or anything, but just to tell people that this method is super powerful. And also if you couple that and pair it with the power of your mind and believe in it, then it can do extraordinary things for you, mm. 100%. And so that's where I am now. So now running workshops, uh, both fundamental workshops, which is the best place for anybody to start, and then advanced workshops where we go into 
um, more advanced techniques, more power breathing techniques and other things. Um, just doing them in and around the Ottawa area and or getting into running retreats and all this other stuff. Awesome. And yeah. so how can, uh, how can people find you? Yeah. Um, so you can find me either go to my website, so jacobmark.com. Very simple. Um, not Mark Jacobs <laughs> uh, to be confused with. So jacobmark.com and um, or social media, official Jacob Mark at official Jacob Mark. Yeah, and you'll find me and then you'll find all our workshops and all the other areas that I'm interested in and offer workshops and you know, it's not just limited to Wim Hof, a lot of cool stuff. Um, yeah. Awesome. And yeah. Uh, I, cause when I was trying to find uh, somebody to, to do this episode with, yeah. uh, how I came across you, uh, you run, there's like a Facebook group too for, uh, Wim Hof Method Ottawa is up yeah. there. Yeah. So there is, is a Wim. You or no? Okay. So somebody else started that, um, but then I think I'm now a facilitator or whatever in the admin in that group. It was actually somebody in Toronto because at one point there wasn't really an instructor in Ottawa, okay. and so there was a guy who was coming once in a while doing workshops down here, and I think he started that. But then he's in Toronto doing stuff, so we kind of passed it off. And I don't have like we, there's no one really. It's more of a, just a place for people to, to, to ask questions and mm -hmm. for a community to form and it's not really led by any kind of instructors, but always posting in there about workshops and stuff so people can yeah, uh, awesome. find them and try them out. Any uh, workshops coming up in the near future? Yeah. Um, you're allowed bigger groups outside? Yeah. So we kind of, obviously we're almost in hopefully the final stage of this, um, but so I, I scheduled my next two for August hoping by then we're allowed bigger groups. So yeah. August um, 29th uh, from 10 till 3 in Carleton Place is the next Fundamentals Workshop, which is the most popular and mm -hmm. what I recommend to anybody. And then for people who have already taken a workshop with me or with anybody, um, or if they have you know more extensive training in cold exposure and breath work, they can sign up for the Advanced Workshop, which is August 9th, also in Carleton Place. So there's both and you'll find them both on my website. Awesome. Yeah. Great. Cool. Uh, thanks for, uh, yeah, for coming. It's been uh, fun. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for having me. Yeah, I think we uh, enjoyed it. Too. Yeah. I made, I made a couple new friends he's, today. He's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so many pets. <laughs> uh, yeah. awesome. So, cool. uh, yeah. So check out, uh, Jacob's website if you're interested in, uh, in doing uh, a workshop. Yeah. Love to have you there. Awesome. Thanks, man. Cool. Yeah. My pleasure. Cool.